Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. This is the Industry Corner. I'm your host, Katrin Snodgrass, and today I am joined by... Jay Oliva. I'm the uh, the director and producer over at Warner Brothers Animation. I've directed on the Dark Knight Returns animated feature, Flashpoint Paradox. I also work my TV credits that I've storyboarded on is Flash TV show uh, that's on the CW, and I do all the DC and Marvel uh, live action films. So I have Thor Ragnarok coming up. I just finished on Wonder Woman and Justice League. And that's and Spider Man Homecoming. So there you go. That's my most recent credits. Dude, you worked on Spider Man. Yeah, I worked on. Yeah, I just I I, I actually yeah I worked on Spider Man Homecoming. I actually saw an early cut of it. It's actually pretty cool. Really? Yeah, I loved it. It was great. (laughs) Introduce yourself, Will. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, this is uh, Will Patrick. Um, I'm currently some kind of director on Ben Ten. Uh, forget what my official title is. Um, and I boarded on Ben 10 before that. And before that, I was at Nickelodeon working on Wally Kazam. Uh, and before that, I was at Warner Brothers working on, uh, the Mad TV show. Um, oh, yeah. And also, I, uh, directed and produced. Uh, seven DC Nation shorts, um, Tales of Metropolis, and Animal Man. Uh, and before that, I worked on a bunch of Flash shows for Playhouse Disney at Oddbot and Titmouse. Uh, so here's JoJo. <laughs> Hi, I'm JoJo. Uh, JoJo Ramos. Um, I'm currently... Stop laughing at me. I'm currently... Uh, pitching a personal project, and in my past, uh, I was a board artist on a show on Disney XD called Right Now Kapow. It was made at Warner Brothers. Uh, before that, I was doing a lot of character design. I did character designs on BoJack Horseman, and before that, I was on Mad at Warner Brothers and with Will. And before that, I was doing a lot of Flash animation at a lot of the stu- the local Flash houses. Like, um, uh, I was on the Ricky Gervais uh, animated uh, show. That was a blast. Uh, there was uh, some preschool stuff with Renegade Animation and all sorts, all, all over the place. Cool. <laughs> awesome. We're like a Warner Brothers family here yeah <laughs> yeah really we probably met you probably we got bagels together and didn't even know it yeah most likely although well i love your uh, tales of metropolis shorts those are awesome by the way oh thanks cool all yeah, right them too. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right guys well i'm gonna jump into uh the interview discussion part of our podcast so um, my first question for everyone is, uh, what sort of education and training did you receive to do your job? I went to SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design. Um, uh, I was an animation major and uh, did a little bit of sequential. And uh, before that, I did a lot of uh, art camps. Um, and I took some classes at... Uh, the Atlanta College of Art when I was in like middle school and high school, and uh, that actually got bought out by SCAD. 
So I guess scat is my entire education. <laughs> hey, um. Stop laughing at me! <laughs> Will, for, for the listeners at home, Will and Jojo are in the same room, so... I'm actually there, too, but I'm, like, in another... Like, I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> what? But I have a very good mic in the bathroom, so that's why I sound fantastic. That's where the best sound is. Yes. Soundproof. Did you say sound pooped? <laughs> that, that could be issue. Soundproof. I should sound. have said sound pooped. <laughs> <laughs> so if you hear little droppings in the background, you know what it is. <laughs> Better get comfortable. Uh, all right. Well, um, let's see. Um, I'd say I did. Uh, I started it all probably. At, I'd say CISA, uh, California State Summer School of the Arts, which is like art summer camp for high schoolers and it's hosted at cal arts uh so i did two summers of that and got real in real real into animation uh and uh was able to go to cal arts in character animation after that um but i actually after graduating um we didn't learn any uh animation programs because uh, we were just, that was still during the time when, like, Flash was like, what are you trying to do with animation? <laughs> it looks really bad. Well, we're going to stick to hand-drawn, thank you very much. Um, so I actually, um, Six Point Harness had just, like, a random, like, we need more animators, come over for a day, and we'll just set up a crash course for a day. And kind of teach you Flash. So I did that like randomly and then got a job animating in Flash a month after that. Oh, nice. Oh, that's cool. Thanks. Cool. Jay, tell us your education history. <laughs> Katrin knows it. That's why she's <laughs> laughing. That's why I wanted to go last. Um, so, um, for all you kids out there who want to get into animation, don't go the way that I went. Uh, go go to school like everybody else did. So I went to school to be a doctor. I was going to be a pediatrician. I actually went to the school that uh, you graduated have. from. Yep. Yeah. So I was a doctor, and I needed a communication arts requirement, so I took animation because um, I was a self-taught artist. Like, I never – my parents always told me, don't go into art. There's no money in art. So be a doctor. So I was like, okay. Uh, and so – I needed a communication arts requirement, and my school offered it. It wasn't right now; it's a major now at Loyola Marymount. But uh, back then, it was just you know, it was you could just take it as an elective. So I took it. Um, I could draw. I never wanted to be an animator because I I just thought animating was the most boring thing. Just because <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to do like cloth animation or doing walk cycles because to me that was that was the most boring thing. But uh, my professor at the time was Van Partible, you know, who did uh, Johnny Bravo. And I remember he spent all of like, I don't know, like half an hour or 20 minutes talking about storyboarding. And, he, and uh, you know, as a kid, I was like, I'm not going to do storyboarding because I filed it away when, you know, he talked about X sheets, you know. And for those of you in animation, X sheets are very another boring thing. But I never <laughs> thought I'd, I'd, I never thought I'd go into it. Uh, fast forward, you know, um, I go to the Job Opportunities Expo. Um, it was, it's, I think it's, what's the thing that's now, Katrin? It's um, Convocation uh, or whatever? Like at lunch? No, no, 
No, no, no, no. It's a uh, oh, CTN. CTN. Yes. Yep. There you go. CTN. This is way before CTN. So remember, this is like 1995, 96. So a mm-hmm. long time ago.、Uh, there was no flash back then. At least I don't think so. Uh, and uh, and I know he's. I go there and I had you know my portfolio and I just happened to show it to Marvel Films at the time and they were doing the the Spider-Man TV show in the 90s. It's on Fox. Wow. And. And I had luckily, like I didn't even have a real portfolio. It was just a, a bunch of drawings on loose leaf paper. And luckily, I had I had stuffed in my my storyboards, which was on a, a animation bond paper, just thumbnails. It was about thirty shots. And、uh, they looked at it and they said, you know, you want to be a storyboard artist? And I'm like,、uh, okay. You know, I didn't even know there was a job to be storyboards. And so.、Um, I、uh, I started my job at Marvel Films doing Spider-Man. I they hired me as a revisionist, and、um, and that's when I realized you know I really love the storytelling part. And instead instead of pursuing a career in in being a doctor, I think I could be pretty good at this. And so I worked my way up from there. You know, it's been 21 years now. I started when I was 19. I'm 41 now. So、uh, actually 22 years now. Oh my God.、Uh, So so yeah, and that's and and I've worked almost everywhere.、Um, I've worked on everything from you know uh, uh, TV animation to video games to live action films and TV live action commercials, and I've done boards for all of them and feature. I just I'm working on a feature right now, feature animated film. So I've kind of done it all. And in that time, like. Uh, now there's so many storyboard classes now. Like I teach a class now that Katrin took. Yeah. And but when I but when I started there was no class. So I had to basically the way I taught I learned was I I I read the five season cinematography. I read a lot of film books and just taught myself as much as I could. And then from there just create a kind of a a class around you know the way that I would teach people like you know how to do it. And then yeah, so that's that's my claim to fame. I kind of fell into it. So for those of you who are in art school, stay in school because you guys get more, much more better education than what I got. I had to learn the hard way. Well, I don't know because you've had a pretty illustrious career here, and <laughs> the two of us have also gone to animation school. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it was funny that like I learned how to animate as I started working. Like I didn't, I, I wasn't a very good animation student. Like I had really good stories, but. I'm, oh my god! My walk cycle looked like Pinocchio was his head was pinned to a wall and his arms were just dangling all over the place. It was terrible. But but it wasn't. It, it, but again, like as I was doing、um, storyboards, I learned to like I basically learned how to animate by by doing all the key poses and then eventually realizing that you know oh you know what overseas needs more poses and especially since I was at Sony. Um, early on, and that's where like Richard Reynas、um, really implemented animatics. This is, he was one of the first kind of executives who wanted to have animatics because he didn't want to look at storyboards、mm-hmm. um, anymore. And so we he was we were the, one of the first to use that implemented an animatics department, and we had to draw on one panel pages. It was one panel because we had we had to feed it into a scanner, and so we were drawing on just this one huge panel. And、uh, and I was and I was drawing it, and I realized, oh, I'm just I'm basically keyframe animating, or actually full on animating in some cases. And I ended up learning how to animate because of that, and also timing because we had to we had to sit with the editors and and go through every single drawing and be like, okay, that's four frames, that's eight frames, that's six frames. Okay, that pan is going to be ten frames. And I and I learned how to I learned how to animate, do X sheets, and on all of that because my 
executive at the time did not want to look at storyboards. <laughs> yeah, whenever anybody talks about the paper days, it's like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't miss that. <laughs> no, 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 you know, yeah, I don't miss it at all. <laughs> I, I honestly can't even imagine it because when I took your class, we just jumped in with Storyboard Pro. And yeah. I don't think, I think I boarded on paper like once in college. Yeah. And since then I've just, I do Storyboard Pro. Like my brain, when people are like, oh, I'm going to use Photoshop. Like even Photoshop, I'm like, why? That sounds like so much no. work. <laughs> I know. I, I Yeah. I remember I worked for Blizzard and they used TV paint down there. And, and like it, the actual program was really nice to draw with, but good God, you cannot do camera moves on that thing. And it was just, I, I felt like my hands were tied and I was like drawing with my mouth because it was like, oh, I just, can I, and I kept asking him, can I just go back to Toon Boom and then I'll export them and then put it and rebuild it in, in uh, TV paint. But yeah, it was, it was pretty tough. And it, yeah, I, I remember uh, going from Flash to Storyboard Pro because uh, Mad was done entirely in Flash, so we boarded in Flash too. Oh my god! Yeah, so I was like, you know, that was just like all I knew, and I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to go to Storyboard Pro. This is gonna be <laughs> lame. And uh, I picked it up in about a week, and was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, this camera is so much easier with the camera in Storyboard Pro. Yeah, I actually learned because um, I I was doing. I was over at Disney, and we were doing everything on paper, and then one time I had done my storyboards on Sketchbook Pro. Like, I wanted to just draw on Sketchbook Pro, and because it was, you know, it was digital, and I, I remember I printed it out, and I snuck it, I snuck like a couple pages into my storyboard, and when my producer was looking through it, he didn't notice that, that, that it was a printout. He just thought I had inked my boards, and I said, <laughs> And I was like, is that cool? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, great. I'm going to do it digitally. So then from then on, I, I did, I did Storyboard Pro with a combination of Photoshop. I, I would use Photoshop for like lettering and type and stuff. And it was, it was just a really laborious process, but I liked the way it looked. But then I, I was hired to do, um, storyboards on, uh, Green Lantern First Fight for Warner Brothers. It was for freelance because I was still at, at Disney at the time. And that's when the the uh, producer is like, "Oh, we're doing this on Storyboard Pro. Have you ever used this before?" And it was Storyboard Pro One. This is like <laughs> the very first version. And I was like, "No." And 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 they're like, "Well, you know, try it out. Everybody seems to pick it up, you know, in about a week or so." So I picked it up, and I realized, "Oh my God, it numbers everything on its <laughs> own." And, yeah. and and you know, the drawing the drawing took a little getting used to, like. But I think I was able to figure out a way to make it work, at least the way that I liked it. And and I never looked back. And in actual in in actuality, now I tell like everybody that I couldn't do the storyboards as I do now if it wasn't for Storyboard Pro. Because back in the old days, like you had to eyeball it and see whether or not like you know uh, the action was registering in the right you know where your characters were. And 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 even when the timing director would time it, they usually got it wrong. And so Storyboard Pro, like I would basically just I check it. You know, I just look at it as a quick time, or I would you know I'd scrub through and see if I needed any in-betweens or if, if like, you know, my volumes got too small or too big. And, uh, and because of that, I was able to like, you know, do storyboards and do camera moves. That I would never do back in the old days. I could not do a lot of like most of the stuff that I do now. That's the plug for Toon Boom. Hopefully Toon Boom, if you're hearing this, like, <laughs> you know, I'm more than happy to be sponsored <laughs> by you. <laughs> 
Cool, that's awesome. They're not already paying you right now? Yeah, they should. Yeah, <laughs> they should I, pay I, all of us, yeah, but... Yeah. <laughs> Give me free tingling. No, um... <laughs> okay, cool. So, uh, my next, uh, questione for you guys is, um, what is your, uh, process? So, from script to screen, how do you go about boarding pages from your script or your outline? Like, do you have a personal process you like to go through? Okay, I'll go first. Um, it'll be a very short explanation because I only have, okay, my process for design. Um, yeah, you can do design too if you want to talk about your design process. Yeah. I've done more design. Um, my process for design, I've only really done designs in Flash. Um, and let's see, like you just, you have this, you're given a storyboard and you, often enough there's an animatic you can watch to see like, do I need a profile view? Do I need a rear three quarter or a special pose? And, uh, sometimes it's like, sometimes the, it's like a character that just needs a new outfit, or sometimes it's just like you, this character needs to be completely built from scratch, and you need to go through the entire thing and just take note of every single little asset that you need to draw up. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like, uh, just kind of like knowing the board artist and and knowing the show and kind of taking all of that into consideration and mm-hmm. and designing from scratch. Oh, like on Mad, I would do that. I'd have like a lot of control on what things look like. Um, like I don't know. You just like. I need a pose where a guy is sitting down. I need a pose where he's like standing up and I, depending on like the, ani- like how much animation, cause those, those mad shorts are so fast. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can just get away with like one or two special poses and you don't need to do like a really puppeted thing. And sometimes that's almost better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks more hand drawn than like a puppet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll go in and uh, I'll actually rig as I'm drawing the character. Like I'll do a sketch. Like obviously you'll you'll do a sketch. Um, but on the next layer, uh, I'll just start rigging as I'm cleaning up the drawing. Um, and that way it kind of gets done a little bit faster. And uh, mouth packs, uh, eye blinks. And uh, color, and you're you're done. <laughs> Do you want to explain what mouth packs are? Because I don't know if every listener would know. Okay, uh, mouth packs are uh, just like lip mouth shapes. Uh, so when the animator gets your rigged character, they can make it talk. So there's a closed, like a flat lip that makes an M, and open makes an A, and you go to the O. And you can, uh, I personally, I, I, I take the, uh, I, I appreciate the Muppets. I think you can get away with less. Um, <laughs> I usually put That's in a good approach. 10, yeah. 10 or 12 <laughs> mouths, I think is pretty good. You can get a lot. Yeah. Muppets only are only open close. Uh, but I have been on a show where I've had to do, over a hundred mouth of oh. uh, shapes per uh, like 
profiles. Yeah, that was Bojack. Oh my god, that, <laughs> that was a lot. I'm not surprised. <laughs> wow. Um, there's a lot it's a talky show so we gotta make those mouths look good (laughs) you can go Will since you're in the same room I mean you could go though you're in the bathroom I went to the bathroom but you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 so first you take the stylus put it on the screen (sighs) (laughs) Really? I, like, stare at the wall for, like, hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. You gotta do that. That goes without saying. Yeah. Yes. You gotta get, watch a documentary, you know. Get in the mood. Put on <laughs> some jazz. Forget about <laughs> drink, work for drink, drink some wine. <laughs> yeah. Drink some wine. Kick your feet up. Yeah. Go for a walk. Yeah. Actually, um, this is uh, getting off subject a little bit, but there's a... Ward Kimball, I think. They found his diary from his like feature Disney days, and oh, wow. it's it's just like he's like describing his day. He's like, oh, I go in, have a few drinks, you know, animate a little bit. Then we go over to where the nurses are, and we hit on the nurses, and then I play <laughs> trombone. We got the band together, and I was like, do you guys do any work at all? <laughs> they, had much more, they had much more cushier schedules than we've got now. Yeah, well, <laughs> at least it no. sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, they were the only ones that could do it. That um, is true. All right. So anyway, my process. Um, well, for boarding, um, yeah, obviously staring at the wall for a couple hours is a real thing. Um, uh, doing thumbnails, I generally thumbnail in the margins and uh, like really tiny in Storyboard Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will take those thumbnails and blow them up into my stage and then sort of copy paste my little thumbnails into each panel. And mm-hmm. then I sort of work, like kind of beef them up. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I guess that's all like kind of technical. Like, actually, well, I do have like a more specific question for you because um, Ben Ten is uh, uh, outline driven. So, oh, uh, back when you were like um, boarding with Mickey, like, what was your guys' process? I guess once you would get an outline to like make the episodes, do you guys have a lot more free range? Wait, wait, um, you guys, wait, hold on. You guys do outline now? Oh, oh yeah, God, we're outline driven. <laughs> I did. I did Ben Ten on season like one and like season like. Well, I don't know. You guys are like Ben 10, 20 by now or something like that. Yeah, but, he's like yeah. 80 years old. He's in the nursing yeah. home. Well, time yeah. is cyclical with Ben, so he's back to 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben, ben should be, yeah, he should have like grandkids. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool that you guys do outlines, because back then it was like, here's a script, do it, you've got no time, and we're not going to pay you any money. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what I remember when I was, when I was working on Ben 10. <laughs> and they're always yelling at you. Like, they're already yelling at you, like, and you just started. Like, was that glad? <laughs> Well, the yelling hasn't stopped. Okay, <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> oh. Wait, is Dan Reba still there? Over, no, he's over, over at DreamWorks now. Is that DreamWorks now? Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, cool. uh, it's uh, John Fang's in charge. and um. Oh, John, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Do you well, remember John? Yeah, yeah, I worked with John um, a long, long time ago. But yeah, I remember him. But but yeah, uh, like I said, I worked on Benton a long, long time ago. Uh, I, that's I why... I bet you anything John dresses exactly the same way he does now that he did back then. I'm like, that's just a guess, but... (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm I'm sure he does. I mean, there's a lot of I know a lot of like artists who they have their own uniform, like they wear the same like kind of clothes for the last like 20 plus years. Yeah, man, it's just it's like cargo pants, Nikes, and like a Lakers like hoodie. Yeah. That, oh yeah, that's, that's definitely yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a that's character. A there's a character in one of the old shows that has a Lakers jersey on, and I like still think like. I feel like John had something to do with this. <laughs> Probably, most likely. <laughs> that man loves his basketball. Yes, he does. <laughs> so, uh, well, what's your process? Uh, sorry, we, yeah, we keep getting sidetracked. Sorry, um, yeah. No, it's fine. It's more entertaining. Uh, okay, so let. Okay, so with board-driven shows, they give us an outline, um, which is. Uh, theoretically shorter than what the episode is supposed to be, but <laughs> on Ben 10, it can be longer sometimes. Um, but uh, it, they'll give us an episode outline, and it's generally like the Tennysons show up to a food festival, and there's some weird monsters running around, and Ben learns a lesson, turns into an alien, punches him out, the Tennysons go home. Um, so it's our job to kind of fill in the gaps there. Uh, we write dialogue. Uh, wow. Yeah, we, we do jokes. Hopefully they're funny. Um, so the way that generally worked was, um, uh, we kind of batted around for a couple of days and just to sort of like, get an idea of what we where we wanted to go with it and obviously usually there's two people boarding on an episode so we would kind of have like talk about our own take on what we wanted to do um mickey definitely had her own uh (laughs) specific ideas on how she wanted episodes to go uh and honestly uh with us like a lot of times we would jive um Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of build off of each other's ideas. Uh, so we had a pretty good working relationship. That's not, not everyone is that lucky. Um, so we kind of batted around, like I said, uh, get some jokes. Usually I would go, like, just to kind of like snowball effect and just go really crazy with the episode and, then Colin on Friday would be like, Colin's was, uh, is the director. He was like, yeah, you can't do that. Well, <laughs> that's way too far away from what we're supposed to do. So we pull it back and kind of meet in the middle. Um, and then we kind of split the episode up based on who wanted to do what part, uh, rough it out. And then we pitch it again and they say wrong, do it again. <laughs> so we'll rough it out and then clean up and pitch it to an in action and they kind of uh, give their feedback and then we clean it up and pitch it like uh, the following Tuesday and uh, yeah that's kind of how it goes so a little five five week uh, cycle mm-hmm. oh wow you guys did it in five weeks yeah five weeks holy that's, crap it's eleven minutes though Jay. It's what? 11 minutes this time around. Uh, yeah, it's shorter oh, okay. than what you guys yeah. just did. But, this, but that's this still, is though, that's, that's, that's still pretty pretty crazy. Because what we used to do is, uh, well, I mean, one of the things that we used to kick around when I was on 
back in the old days with He-Man. We didn't do it wasn't a, it wasn't a board driven show, but one of the things we were trying to do in order to get the boards more time was we were going to try to do an outline like you guys had, but what we would do is it would give us more time for the boards because the writer wouldn't need the six weeks that the writer, you know, to write. So we would take those six weeks, add it to our four weeks, and we'd have ten weeks to do an episode, you know, for example, you know, from being ten. Again, if we were writing it while, you know, if we just had the premise, that way it gave us time to, you know, fully kind of elaborate and give us, you know, elaborate the episode and, and kind of do everything. And that, that was something that, like, my producer Gary Hartle was, was kind of kicking around. He's like, well, you know, the writer doesn't need the six weeks time because we're the writers. So if we take that time from the writers and on from their schedule, then, you know, it, it should make sense that it would give, you know, the board artists a little bit more time to storyboard and, mm-hmm. and kind of work it out. So that's why, again, like five weeks, wow, that's just one more week than what we normally, I mean, mm-hmm. on the other shows that I've worked on where it's already written. Wow. But it, it sounds, I mean, because uh, I think I did My Friends Tigger and Pooh, and that was, yeah, those were 11-minute episodes too. But we had songs in ours. Mm. And, and, and I would get, I don't know if you guys have ever had this thing where, You'd be working on the script, and it'd say it would just say "song here," and then it would just go on with the episode. <laughs> and I'm like, "What kind of song is this?" And they're like, "Well, it's a fast song." I'm like, "Well, can you hum it?" They're like, "Well, the composer hasn't hasn't done it yet." And I'm like, well, "What kind of what kind of song is it?" And I wouldn't get the song until a week before the board was due, <laughs> and the song would be three minutes long, and I'd be like, "Holy crap! How do I?" So yeah, that's nice, wild. Nice save there, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, that's wild that you guys did that in five weeks. Wow, that that's very impressive. Jay, what is your process from script to screen? Well, Will, are you done with your process? I, I'm sure you're still you're still going, right? Are you done? Well, we were talking about like schedules and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, uh, like Ben Ten is easily the cushiest job I've ever had with deadlines. Like Mad was insane. We would put out an entire episode like from the beginning of writing to air was was a month like we had two weeks to board and that was board animatic sound like that's what the board artists were responsible for yeah that's right it was uh, americans uh animating it we were very proud of that Wait, did I lose everybody? No, you, you didn't. Oh. No, we were just waiting if there was any more to your process. Oh, I uh, I don't know. Nah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Benton's like, they're like, you get five weeks to do an episode. And I'm like, five weeks? Wow! You know, back in the old days, I used to be like, like, they think they used to get like six weeks to do boards back then. Yeah. Uh, I remember it was a lot more cushier back then. And then every week they started shaving off because they're like, well, you know, the computer's doing a lot of it or whatever, right? You know, I, a button that just draws yeah, for you? It's, it's yeah, great. It's, the storyboard button. <laughs> I remember I remember they kept cutting it down every every by a week, every single time where I, I heard of a production. It was, um, geez, it was, uh, it was at Warner Brothers. It was like, I keep wanting to say Coconut Fred or something like that. It's one, it's one of those shows where it had a two-week schedule. A two-week schedule. It was one week to rough and one week to clean. And I remember they asked me, they're like, hey, Jay, they need some help. Do you, can you can you, you know, help them out as you know, like freelance? And I'm like, okay, are they going to pay me like triple my rate? And they're like, no. <laughs> then I'm like, then why am I going to be working like, you know, t- 
twice or three times as fast to hit these these insane deadlines if you're not going to pay me to compensate you know the the basically the all nighters I'm going to have to do in order to do you know they just didn't get that just because the, the the characters may be simple or whatever you know it's a simple shape didn't mean that there was still pencil mileage or there was still that thinking you know where you got to still you know figure out where the camera and the ca- and the camera and the performance and they just thought well you know we should do that right and and I remember just shook my head. I'm like, I'm not going to run for the same amount. And they weren't even paying. They're still paying like something like $400 a page. And that's like really low, you know. Uh, and, and like I said, and they wanted, they wanted a two week turnaround. And I remember I was like, Oh, this is not going to end up good. And, and sure enough, that season, it was just a mess. And they had to go back up to like the four week schedule, which is kind of the standard that is now. Yeah. Well, what's that, that famous Joe Warner quote? Uh, it's i don't want it right i want it tuesday yeah <laughs> yep, that about sums them up <laughs> i'm just kidding i love warner brothers yeah we love warner brothers <laughs> they're great they, re- they really are like i had a lot of fun when i yeah. was there yeah, it's actually it's 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 something that that is it's it's at every studio, no matter where you go to, whether you work in video games or, you know, live action films or animation studios, it's always the whole, you know, do you want it fast? Do you want it cheap? Or do you want it good? You can't have all three. So you have to kind of find that balance between the three of them. And it's always a fight for that. And, you know, as artists, we have, you know, I remember I did a, I did a board and I did it really fast. And they're like, why do we have to pay you, you know, so much? You know, I, I, I remember I did a commercial and the guy was trying to get my rate to go down. And, uh, and I was like, no, this is my rate. And, 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 and they're like, well, you know, it only took you a week to do that. I'm like, yeah, but I spent the last 20 years training my life, you know, working this hard so I can do it in a week or I can do it in the, in the crazy deadline that you guys wanted. You yeah. Know? I think a lot of people, like especially especially for kids that are like coming out of school and like they get caught up in working for free because I oh god yeah I was one of those <laughs> yeah I've and heard, I've like heard that too yeah you like you gotta like have enough self esteem to be like yeah I just spent four years honing this craft and like you owe me money because you didn't do that <laughs> exactly I'll pay my student loans yeah, yeah. The student loans oh my god. You know, it's funny, like the school that Kitchen and I went to school, uh, oh. I only did two, I only did two years there and it took me seven years to pay it off my student loans. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> and I only did two, two years. It's crazy. Uh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Yeah. No. <laughs> but for those of you, stay in school, get a good education. <laughs> stay in school, Don't listen, kids. Don't listen to us. Don't do drugs. <laughs> Don't do drugs. More than the normal amount. Anyway. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> well, we are in animation. You know, just kidding. Uh, yeah, and in Southern California. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. If you want to work in animation, you need to move out to California because this is where all the jobs are. Very rarely will a studio hire you and do send you freelance if you live on the East Coast. Um, you can, there are some East Coast studios, but they're not under the union. Uh, and, and so the pay may not be so good and the schedules may not be so good, even though you hear us about the schedules here, but I've heard some horror stories about some of the East Coast, um, studios. I mean, some are actually okay, but mm-hmm. it's good that if you work for a union studio, 
I mean, when you're a kid, you don't really think about this, but it's great that you have full medical, full dental. You have, um, what do you call that? Uh, you have a pension. And here's what's good, kind of, at least in my, the case of that I, for me, um, because I also work in live action films, uh, I'm also in the art directors group, the ADG, which is also, you know, art directors and storyboard artists for live action. Like, like all, pretty much all films have to, it has to be a union member. And in order for me to get in, it was like this really crazy, like, I had to, like, jump through hoops to get in. It was like the hardest thing for me to get in. Mm-hmm. Really? It was like a hazing process? It's, it's, <laughs> okay. like, it was, being in the Art Directors Guild, which is the live action version of, uh, storyboards, um, I, the hours that I do for the live action films, whether it's for Marvel or DC, as long as a union show, it, it applies to the same hours that I would do if I worked at, you know, like Nickelodeon or Disney. And, and, and that way, if I, if I do either or, whether I work in animation or live action, it all contributes and also adds to my, my, my pension as well, oh, which cool. is nice. So that's why I always tell, I always tell people like, you know, if, if you really need to, you know, pay the bills and then go ahead. And do a union gig, but if you can and you have a choice, the union gig is the best because then you're contributing to like things that you don't think about when you're a kid, like coming out of school. When you're coming mm-hmm. out of school, you just want to, you know, get a job, and you don't think about like 401k or pensions or health benefits and stuff. But it's something that you should definitely look into. And in animation, it's a great, you know, it's one of the few art jobs that actually has that kind of like security. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of guys who are doing comic books and illustrators and stuff like that. And and it's tough. Like if they get sick, they don't want to get sick because if they're sick, then it's all out of their pocket. So it's always good to kind of think that even though we're artists and we're, you know, we're, we're happy that we're getting paid to, to draw. You also got to think to yourself, like, this is a career and you need to take care of yourself, even though we have these crazy hours. Um, and and always think about the future because you know, uh, as an artist, we can we can work for a very long time, but at the same time, we have to be able to adapt to what the studios need. You know, like animatics and and doing storyboards now is so much different than when I first started. And and you have to be able to adapt to that and 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 make choices in your career, even when you're first starting out with that in mind like where are you going to be in 10 years do you want to be a director or do you want to you know be a designer like what what are the things that you want to do and and that's the kind of what you have to kind of you know, like think about so anyways that's that's my spiel about about working in union <laughs> <laughs> it's a good it's a good spiel yeah i mean it's it's better i mean like coming from flash it was always like the union gigs were always you know that's what you were shooting for and it was kind of hard to get in bigger studios when you were a flash artist Mm -hmm. um jay did you want to answer the question about process from script to screen um my well i guess my process is like i stare at the wall (laughs) i uh no actually um the way i do it is you know I'll, i'll read the script i usually talk to the producer or directors about whatever section that I'm doing, uh, kind of get a feel for what they want. Sometimes they're very specific. They'll tell me, like, I want it to feel like this or like this particular mm. movie. And then I'll go home, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it, I'll reference it. Um, sometimes they'll just say, I have no idea, just come up with something. Uh, and that's when, you know, you have to just think to yourself, okay, what about the sequence that, that you personally feel excited about? Because mm-hmm. I've worked on some shows that are just boring as hell, but... I have to find as a as a board artist, you have to find something in it 
that inspires you. Because if you don't feel inspired to do that sequence, the audience is going to feel it. They're going to feel like this is boring, you know. And what you have to do is you have to find something, whether it's the acting or the performance, uh, you know, with the action or, or just something. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll be working on a show that the script is god-awful boring, but the director's like, let's direct it like a horror movie or let's direct it like, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, like some, like Scorsese or something. And so I'll be like, okay, that, that's a challenge. I'll, that, that's something that I can make it fun for myself. Mm-hmm. But so that's what you got to do is you got to just find something about the section that you're doing that uh, calls to you and kind of, and, and makes you want to try something different or harder or, or, and, and kind of push your kind of storytelling kind of what you want to do. Of course, if you want to show that, you know, you just have to do it that way, then there's not much you can do, but you still, again, you put into the performance. When I was on Winnie the Pooh, I couldn't do big explosions and stuff, mm-hmm. even though I wanted to. But what I did is I focused on the acting and the performance. And, you know, because we had musicals in there, I tried to come up with, you know, because I love musicals. So I tried to, you know, do homages to my favorite Hollywood musicals as well as do some new stuff that's a little mm-hmm. bit more contemporary. Um, so after I do that, then, like, what people don't understand is that with storyboarding, in my the way I, I think about it, eighty five percent of the work is thinking, and only the fifteen percent part is the drawing part. You know, uh, because for me, I'm I'm always constantly trying to think of like, okay, like I'll what I'll normally do is I'll just like Will said, I'll so I'll I'll do thumbnails. Uh, sometimes I'll just do a grocery list because I'll I'll just go through and say this shot, this shot, this shot to this dialogue, and and then what I'll do is. Um, I used to do a lot of thumbnails just on paper, but then I, I realized because I'm so lazy, I realized that, hey, I'm kind of wasting, you know, drawing on paper. Why don't I just do the thumbnails right on Storyboard Pro? Uh, because, again, I'm very lazy. So, yeah, I used, I used to thumbnail on my script, and then it was like, why can't I just do it in the program? What am I doing? <laughs> so that's what I do now. What I do now is I uh, on Storyboard Pro, I pick, the fattest brush, like a like a three hundred brush, right? And and I just block out the shots, and I just it's the most ugliest thing, and and I hate every shot. But the thing is, is that um, at least I get through the whole thing very quickly. I can usually mm-hmm. do you know quite a few pages in just a day or two. It's just it's just blocking it out. Then I'll mm-hmm. go back and then I'll look at it, and 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 I usually hate everything, but I'll look at it now and be like, okay, this isn't the shot that I want. But I think I know what I want because it's, it's easier to start from something that you don't like than to just stare at a blank page. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are new storyboarders who want to do this stuff, never start at the beginning. Don't look at, don't like, don't start at fade in exterior haunted house or whatever and draw that first. What you normally want to do is you want to jump around, go to the easiest part first. So mm-hmm. normally, for me, I get the act three action, for example. So I'll do the ending. I'll do the wrap up where like Ben 10 is just finished defeating whatever monster of the week is. And and he's at home eating cereal, dealing with, you know, his, his dad or his mom or whoever. Mm-hmm. And I'll do that first because it's easy. It's just talking. And, just, and I just block that out. And it allows me to kind of think about what I'm going to do with the action sequence because I need the most time for the action sequence. Mm-hmm. So while I'm I'm drawing that talking out, I'm working it out in my head. And by the time I get to the action stuff, I have a pretty good idea of how I want it to go, the camera work, the kind of choreography. 
So once I once I kind of get to that, I can kind of you know hit the ground running. Because mm-hmm. the worst thing you want to do is is like again stare at a blank piece of paper or stare at the blank, you know, and and you're just drawing and you're consciously doing control Z because you're like I hate every single line that I'm doing. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of my process. I do it like that, and then, and 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 luckily for me, I'm very fast. But it's only I'm only fast just because I've done this a very long time. But uh, but that's the one of the things you want to do is when you first start off is is work on your speed. You can always learn to be a better storyteller by just looking at other people's storyboards and kind of doing your own research. Mm-hmm. But your speed and your process, everybody's a little bit different, and and you just want to find something that that works for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's that's a pretty a good advice about you just want to get stuff down to get mm-hmm. the ball rolling because sometimes you know, you're just blocked up and you just want to put something down because then at least you've got to start and totally do easy stuff first. I I know the way I like to break down what I board is uh, start with easy stuff, have the like the most intense stuff in the middle. So I'm not like hustling to get the sweet fight scenes down at the very end when I'm up against the deadline. So you Mm -hmm. say, the easy stuff towards the end that you can sort of skimp on and then what i do is after i've i've kind of roughed it all out um and then usually by that point you already review it with your director or producer and when you get to clean up cleanup is the greatest part of the storyboarding process because (laughs) you don't you turn off your brain and the way i do it is that i just you know being because it's on storyboard pro i jump around and i do all of my close-ups i just (laughs) jump around yeah and i do all of my close-ups and then the next time I do all my two shots, and finally the last thing I jump onto is like the group shots, which I usually hate doing. Those are the last things I do, but <laughs> but usually that's the way I do it. So that way, like every day I can do like you know the most that I've been able to clean up is like 125 panels a day. But then eventually, as you get to the more harder stuff, you can only do like 20 or 10 sometimes if it's a very complicated sequence that has like seven characters or 10 characters or you know or or you know a cast of thousands where the main character is fighting an army. Um, but what you want to do is you want to be smart about it because again, the final, as long as you hit your deadline, it doesn't matter the order. So like I said, I love close-ups. I, those are like, when I do close-ups, I feel like I'm on the beach in, ba- in the Bahamas and it's a <laughs> nice vacation. You're like uh, the kind of guy that eats all the Lucky Charm marshmallows first. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know, Will? How did well, you know? I, and I just, I just got a feeling. Well, you know, I, I went in your kitchen while you guys were, were talking. I was eating all of Lucky Charm marshmallows, you know. <laughs> My Lucky Charms. <laughs> They're mine now. <laughs> no. <laughs> cool. Uh, so- oh, and uh, oh. something else you said uh, about, like, talking to the producer or the director, that's absolutely a thing that not everybody thinks to do but is totally valuable. Um, I remember on Mad, I would get a script and I would just be like, this is stupid and not funny. And I just didn't get it. And I would go into the writer's room and be like, okay, guys, what the hell is this? And they would pitch it to me. And then it was funny. And then I would have a better grasp on why it was funny and like what aspect of it they were, they wanted to embrace. Cause you know, sometimes it's all in just just the timing of a joke or the the way a line is is phrased or something, and and so that will give you like such a 
like a more valuable perspective on what you're doing and save everybody a lot of time because if you go into something and you don't really get the joke and you just sort of board it as you see it and you don't think it's funny nine times out of ten they're not going to think it's funny either and you'll have to go back and fix everything yep yep that's very true so i kind of have a funny question next or a fun question um what's the worst advice you've ever gotten like any 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 funny bad advice that you've ever gotten Jay, do you? Did you I, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm scrambling in my head. I think I might have erased it from my brain. Let me think. Uh, oh well, it wasn't bad advice. I was working on a show where, because we were using like not very good in animation studio, uh, the producer had sent out a kind of a memo saying these are the things that I don't want, and and one of the things was no no running and talking at the same time because they couldn't do the animation of the guys running and having the mouth like kind of so so every time so every time the characters were chasing like the bad guy they'd have to stop deliver the line and then continue running uh so we had that and then on the same show we couldn't do camera moves so there were no pans or no trucking it was all like you know it was all just lockdown cameras. I am so curious what the show is. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say or else they'll probably find me and track me down and there'll okay, be a knock at my maybe door. Maybe you can tell me after the <laughs> I'm so curious. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a list of like some of the word like some yeah, it was kind of ridiculous uh things that you could and could not do. Now that, like oh gosh, I'm not gonna be able to think of the question because all I'm thinking is like, what show? <laughs> any bad advice, Will? You've ever gotten any bad advice? I'm sure I've gotten lots and didn't realize it. Um, go into animation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can't think of anything. I mean, there's plenty of stuff that, like, what you're saying, Jay, where, like, shows are, like, have, like, ridiculous parameters or something. But Yeah. Man, like, yeah, people have, like, weird sensibilities. I mean, any preschool show, uh, like, they have, they always have the most bizarre rules. Like, I don't even know where they come from. Probably the child psychologists. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, no angry faces, no angry faces. This character looks too surprised. Like, what? what's that going to do? <laughs> Jojo, any about you? I can't think of any. I've been like trying to think of it before uh, we started the Skype call. Um, Good well, setup. It's funny because the reason I asked it is because I have like so many. So I always yeah, think I of more people. <laughs> what's your bad advice? Yeah, what's your bad advice? Well, yeah, what's yours? Uh, I got told to stop drawing like a girl. What? <laughs> Weird. I don't even know how you. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like that's like the one that always sticks out on my head, and then I always like go back to like grow a penis already. <laughs> I basically be a man. That's like, the advice I was given, and I was just like, and it was funny too, too because like I kept like prodding the person, and I was like, so do I draw too round? Is that what you mean? Like, do I have a round sensibility? And they were like, no, I could just tell like if I was looking at you if you were applying for a job that this person is a girl, and I was like. Here's the thing. That shouldn't matter. I've seen how you draw. I don't know what he's talking about. Like, 
it's not like you're drawing hearts on everything. Like I delete that. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. (laughs) Although I do have a funny. It's not for you, Katrin, but one of my former students. Uh, Lauren, who's actually executive producer on Voltron, uh, and she's an amazing, you know, artist and stuff. But when I first hired her from school, uh, I, I told her, you know, hey, you're a great draftsman, but you're, when you draw your men, they have women hips. So, <laughs> and you could tell, like, all of her women were beautiful, but her guys, they all had, like, these women hips. Like, they were, I mean, like, the way that, and I'm like, okay. Is that why all the guys on Voltron look like that? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I remember, like, Lauren and I used to laugh about it because I, because remember, I hired her on He-Man, you know, and this on, on a very manly show. And, and, you know, he's wearing his, like, fuzzy shorts. And, and he's got these, these women hips, like, the way that she drew his legs. And I would just start laughing. I'm like, you just gave He-Man women hips again, or Skeletor women hips. So that's the only time that I've, I've ever seen an artist where I could tell that, you know, they, their sensibilities as a woman was kind of translating into when they were drawing men. And that's the same thing, like, when I see it as when I draw, when I first started drawing women, I, they were the most ugliest women ever. Because I was, you know, I was, all I knew how to, I could draw dudes, and then I realized that, I need to start learning how to draw women or else all of my stories feel like sausage parties, right? And then, and I remember I drew my first woman and I was like 13 or 12 years old and it was the most god awful, ugly woman ever. But I just kept practicing and practicing and I remember one day I finally got it right and I went to sleep and I woke up in the middle of the night to just check to make sure it actually did kind of look like a girl. And then I, sm- I, I remember I, 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 all, all was good in the world when I saw that and I went back to sleep and had a smile on my face because I realized that I had actually finally achieved that because it's, it's very hard, at least for, for me when I was, when I was first starting out as an artist to draw the opposite sex because yeah. I was always looking at myself in the mirror. Yeah, I, never, I get the same. You know? I get that a lot. Well, you're in good company because if you look at uh, all those old Renaissance paintings, like all the women look like men with like yeah. balls glued on their chests, <laughs> and all the babies look like small people. Men. Small yeah. people, yeah. Small men. Naked men. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus was an ugly baby. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um. Mm-hmm. So. Um, for the next section, I actually uh, uh, went on um, the social medias and uh, tried to see if I could get some questions um, from listeners. And I actually got one for you, Jay, specifically. Um, oh, great. And it said, uh, how much did Jay have to study on different comic styles for the Superman anniversary short? And what were the bigger challenges presented in making it? And that's from Matt Shelley. Oh, um, that's a good one. So I did the 75th anniversary short for Superman uh, a couple years ago, uh, about four years ago. I think it's they're at 79, 79th anniversary. I think I worked on that. The 75th one? <laughs> I, I think I like animated a cape at the very end or something. Remember oh, maybe that? you did. They like they, threw that at me and they're like, animate this cape. Was it the cape of uh, of him on top of the seventy five, and then the cape is animating in the wind or something? Yeah, that yeah. Oh wow! There that you go. <laughs> small world. That is a very small world. Uh, let's see. So, what was the question, Katrin? Uh it was um, how much did you have oh, to study I... the different styles for the short oh, yeah. and like bigger challenges presented? Um, I didn't really have to study the styles too much uh, because our our character designer Dusty Abel, um, Dusty, he was able to emulate, yeah, Dusty. 
he was able to emulate like the Kurt Swan style and and do a kind of a the, the George Reeves and and uh, uh, you know Christopher Reeves kind of like translating that. So I didn't really have to ha- have to like study the style. But what I did do though is I had to kind of like go back into history and figure out what were kind of iconic moments mm. for it, you know. And it was myself, Peter Girardi. Uh, and uh, Bruce Tim, mm-hmm. we and also Zack Snyder in some case, we all kind of sat around and talked about all of our favorite kind of moments in Superman history. And then what we did is then, uh, you know, because we were Warner Brothers, we went in the archives and found a lot of the covers, the old covers, and and I would oh, and, cool. and and they gave me kind of bullet points. Okay, we want to see can we fit Turtle Boy in here for mm-hmm. for like the Kurt Swan era, or can we fit in this? And there are certain things I already knew what I wanted. I knew what I was going to do for the Christopher Reeve one and also the George Reeves because, you know, as a kid, I grew up with those. So I knew, knew what I wanted for that. And um, then the Fleischer opening was something that I always wanted because that was my pitch because originally I think they wanted to do something kind of different. They, they, I'm trying to remember. Oh, they wanted one scene to kind of morph into another scene. And, and I was like, no, no, no. I just, why don't we start with Ashen Comics number one and it comes alive and then he jumps out of the, out of the comic book into, the Fleischer world and then, and go there, you know, and then, and then do that as a, you know, to the different eras. Um, and then, so what happens is even my storytelling, like the, the shots early on, I tried to emulate Fleischer and then try to emulate what was going on in the sixties and seventies with Superman. And then when I got to the more modern era, I tried to change like kind of the, the, the filmmaking of how, you know, it was cause I did the, like the death of Superman with doomsday. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then I had to show, I think we had Smallville, and then finally, yes. I ended with, uh, and finally we ended with uh, the Henry Carville uh, Superman, which, which mm-hmm. coincidentally enough, I had done that scene for Man of Steel, of him <laughs> getting. So I was like, I know how to do all this stuff. So it, it all kind of worked out that that um, I only had to just know from a story standpoint what I wanted to do, but then from a drawing standpoint, like like Dusty handled all that, the mm-hmm. heavy lifting for that stuff. Cool. Um, I have another. Oh. oh by by the way, Dusty. Uh, is a, an awesome guy that looks like Thor. Yes. <laughs> like, drives around. I, I, I've like never met movie. him, but I, like, know of him. Yeah, he's a legend. I think yeah. in one of the crew pictures, they made him wear a Thor helmet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he lost a bet. He lost a bet, and they and when we did the, the crew picture, he had to wear the Thor helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty perfect. Um, so I have another, it's actually from the same, um, listener, Matt, um, but I, uh, like this question a lot. Um, was, uh, there ever a project that you work on, worked on that you can talk about that got scrapped or didn't see the light of day, but you wish it had? What was that last part? But you wish it had, like something you worked on that either like got, like didn't get finished or like something you were working on and, um, that you can talk about because I know people have stuff that. They can't talk about, but um, uh, like a project you were working on, and then it never saw the light of day, and you wish that it could have because you liked it so much. And Georgia, I can talk about Bufu. Um, <laughs> I think you told me about this. It was a topical, like news, animated news. Oh my god! With like sketches about what, what was happening. What, what current events were happening. Oh, that this, sounds like a nightmare already. This was, like, back when uh, the, the two, like, 2008 president primaries were happening. But by the time we finished this 
season, like, it was just, obs- like, we'd unairable, because uh, we'd have, like, John McCain and Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, like, all saying things, and by the time we were done with the episode, like, it was so old hat. It was just, like, we would have to be South Park in order to even attempt something like that, and it was just, it just didn't work out. Um, but the crew was awesome, and I learned how to play hacky sack. So it wasn't a total loss. <laughs> Jay, you got any? You got any good ones? Uh, I got a lot of them that I can't talk about, but uh, <laughs> I asked the golden secret question. Apparently, yeah, I know. Uh, let me think. Was there? Any, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of films that I was on that that ended up like being put on the back burner, so they're still going to come out, so I can't talk about those. Let me think, was there... Oh, um, when I was at Marvel, when we were Marvel Lionsgate, we were doing all those um, those animated features, uh, uh, but they were direct-to-video, but I always want... They were going to do a Civil War one, and I oh, thought that cool. was going to be pretty cool, but the thing is, is that was back when Marvel didn't own any of the characters. Mm. So it was, it was going to be Civil War without anybody, except there was a clause that we could have Wolverine in it, but only if he was there for under 10 minutes of screen time or something. I can't remember. <laughs> so, we were try- so we were trying to scramble to make a movie like Civil War. What was funny, though, is that what I had pitched it was kind of not really... It, it's similar to what, what they ended up doing in the live-action ones, well, you know, of course, it's, you're pitting Tony Stark versus Captain America, um, but but I was trying to find a way to to use whatever roster we had, which was basically just the Avengers. We couldn't really bring anybody else in, and and but it was there were some things that were similar, a lot of things that were of course different, but that was one of the things that we were trying to do like back in like 2000 and uh, geez, maybe like six or something, mm-hmm. and uh, and I remember that, and I remember uh, at the time they were trying to do a Rocket Raccoon. Uh, movie and I remember you know, this is before Gardens of the Galaxy was huge and I remember thinking like you guys want to like out of all the all the Marvel properties you want to put your money into Rocket Raccoon and make a feature <laughs> out of that and in my head I was like come on and the next thing I see Gardens of the Galaxy I'm like oh, okay I'm just waiting for the Rocket Raccoon like solo film to come out you know uh, so uh, there were a couple there was that and I think we were going to do uh, let's see we did end up doing a Thor um I'm trying to remember there. We had a t- oh we, no, we did do a Wolverine versus Hulk one. Um, it's it's it, I've worked on so many of these things. I'm trying to remember what what we did not end up doing. Uh, for DC, there was a ton of stuff that we wanted to do. I mean, I still wanted to do Kingdom Come. That we well, we still couldn't figure out a way to do Kingdom Come correctly. Um, yeah, like and, Alex Ross. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a tough one to do. But yeah. I know that's something that we're definitely we're kicking around. We always want to do like a Blackest Night one with the uh, Green Lanterns. You know, I wanted to always do a, a Gotham by Gaslight was one of the ones that I really wanted to do and do the Magnolia designs. I think that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, anything with Magnolia. Yeah, cool. it would have just been awesome. So I mean, there's a lot of things that like we uh, like for example, we were supposed to do a Swamp Thing direct to video like six years ago and um I, I think the rights were they couldn't figure out who owned the rights and then next thing that we find out that michael uslin who owns the rights for batman actually owned owned the rights for swamp thing and when i talked to him he's like yeah i i told him it was fine to make a to make a dtv out of it and but we that ended up getting scrapped 
And so when I ended up doing my my last animated um, directed video for them, which was just as they dark like about a year ago, mm-hmm. the first thing I asked was, "Is Swamp Thing in it?" And they're like, "Yes." And I'm like, "Sweet!" So I can finally do Swamp Thing. Finally, I can you know cross that off of my bucket list. <laughs> um, I actually but, have a, a story about a Swamp Thing thing. Really? Thing that I wanted to do that never saw the light of day exactly because of the licensing, like the weird licensing stuff. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like. like- yeah, go one, ahead. One of the, um, like when we were still pitching like DC Nation shorts, I wanted to do Swamp Thing like environmental like PSAs where it's like <laughs> a, a kid awesome. like, it's like a kid like fights a match and like throws it and, on some like, I don't know, like dried leaves or something and they're like mm-hmm. laughing and then Swamp Thing like grows out from like beneath them and like grabs his shoulders and goes like remember the trees <laughs> and like maggots are like, <laughs> like, like the kid's like horrified and then that's it oh that would have been so awesome I know I was, man, I was so I was so excited for that that I was like running around to people and like grabbing their shoulders and being like trees and everyone hated me <laughs> Oh, that would have been such a good one. Well, maybe they'll eventually do something like that. Oh, that'd be so cool. Cool. All right, guys. Well, I have um, a last question, and it's from um, at Martin Creator on Twitter. And the question is, does the art have to be good in the storyboard? <laughs> good is very subjective. Yeah, I think uh, it has to be clear. Yeah, that's the keyword. It has to. It has to have good silhouette, and you have to know what's going on, and you have to know who is who yeah and what they're feeling and what they're thinking yeah i also want to be clear that when i called out this question i wasn't like laughing at the question i thought this was a great question because i've seen some storyboard drawings like in professional finished boards and i'm like i know exactly what's happening this is ugly so you know i thought it was she's funny. talking about my boards now yeah. you're the last one i'm talking about <laughs> because your boards will okay will is like a human printer and it's gross <laughs> And also, he animates his boards, and it's terrible. I mean, it's terrible because it's so good, and everyone else can't, like, compare to you, and everyone is terrible compared to you, Will. Aw, thanks, Kajun. Your boards make me mad. <laughs> I guess that's my goal. <laughs> no, they're really good. But Yeah, but going off what JoJo was saying, like, clarity is totally, like, all important. And, I mean, good anatomy. Like, you gotta, yeah. you should have good anatomy. You can't just, like... That works like a human spine. Yeah. Bent in weird places, and have you're not going to be able to read that because your brain is used to reading normal humans doing normal mm-hmm. human movements. Yeah, but as as far as like cleanliness goes, like you can be, you can get away with some pretty rough drawings. Yeah. Jay. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's a loaded question because it all depends on. On the show you're on, mm-hmm. and enough how much time you have. Because if you have no time, of course your board's gonna look kind of ugly. Yeah. Uh, but but then sometimes, like you know, for example, you know the Legend of Korra boards. Like if you look at yeah. those, they're like beautiful. Like, yeah. And that's and that's but that's what they they set the bar so high on that show that you have to have the, the to to draw in that style or in that in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. So it very it really depends. I mean, it, it it's like what what Will and JoJo says. Like yeah, it's about clarity. Um, 
And but the thing is, is that you know, as a storyboard artist, you know, number one, what they're gonna look at is your drawings. Like mm-hmm. it, it's it's very superficial, and I tell people like, you know, you don't have to be the best artist, but it has to be clear. But if you want to get the job or, or when they look at your portfolio, the first thing they're going to notice is how you draw. Mm-hmm. And if you're drawing, if your drawing looks like, even though your shots are like freaking like, you know, Scorsese, Coppola or Spielberg, they're going to look at your drawings first. Yeah. They're not going to see the, the, the sequence of shots and what mm-hmm. you're building up to, you know, your climax, the choreography. They're just going to see the ugliness in your drawings. And so. You know, if you want to get the job or get your foot in the door, you have to be technically proficient. You mm-hmm. know, you, you can't, you, and you, you have to be able, I tell people, you have to be, you know, jack of all trades, master of nothing. You know, you have to mm-hmm. be able to emulate and, and ape other artists' styles because you're never going to be working on a show that is in your own style. Yeah. You know, so you have to be able to do, you know, either comic book stuff or the more cartoony stuff mm-hmm. or anything, you know, if you want to get those jobs, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and by doing so, you just have to be a good draftsman. Yeah. And I think this is a question that a lot of I get this a lot when I'm teaching classes or I'm, I'm I'm seeing people's portfolios. They always ask me like, you know, what's the least amount of work do I have to show in my portfolio? And I tell them like, if that's your attitude, <laughs> then, then don't go into animation. Yeah. You know, because yeah, animation, like, that's not the way you yeah. want to go. About yeah. It, like, you know? I, like I, I've said a lot. Like I didn't get into animation not to draw. Yeah. Because that's all it is. Mm-hmm. Actually, oh, yeah. this is because uh, you were just talking about Korra. Did you ever freelance on Korra, Jay? Yeah, I did Korra. I did a couple seasons of Korra. Um, were you on staff? No, no, no. I did it on freelance. How long How long did they get? Because like, those boards are like like supreme <laughs> amazing. <laughs> they don't give you very much time. It was it was. It was like four weeks or something. Man, before. I have no idea. Like that, wow. I like that show, and like also Voltron. I haven't seen the boards for Voltron yet, though. But like the boards on Cora are just like my favorite to look at for reference. And I'm just. And like, you were all impressed with me for five weeks on Ben, like okay, four weeks. But your Jeez. way, of, okay, your way of drawing is very like different than like Cora. You know what I'm saying? And like. Like, I like the way you draw, and I also, like, because every drawing you draw, you actually make it look like an illustration, because you, like, ink that. Wait, who are you talking to? Me or you will. Oh, me? You will. She doesn't talk about me, because she remembers all the crappy drawings I did on the whiteboard, and it looks like, <laughs> it looks like I had, like, a stroke, and, and I have to tell my students, I'm drawing on the whiteboard, and I'm, I'm, this is not how Jay I do my good, storyboard. Jay is an amazing artist as well. I'm just saying, like, Jay, his, like, Will's boards, like, look like illustrations because he inks, like, the line quality is really good. Like, usually, oh, nice. like, even board artists, like, like, I, like, because, I mean, our, part of my job is to, like, build animatics, so I look at boards all day long. And drawings would be really great, but, like, most people, like, just have normal line quality. Like, Will, like, inks. But Will does, does Will do the thick to thin lines and stuff yes. on that? Oh, A my lot. God, I hate you. I hate you, Will. <laughs> Wait, so you if you're on Cora, uh you didn't happen to know Colin Heck, did you? Colin Heck. Was he one of the board artists? Yeah. I think he oh I, did he board? I thought he was a episode director. He might have uh, been at work, the end, but Yeah, Ian Graham was my direct was my the episode director I worked with mostly. And then of course, you know, I I, I knew Lauren and Joaquin because I, you know, I, I trained both of them and I, I knew them for a very long time. So I used to just work with Ian. He was my director for the episodes that I had done. I just bring it up because he's he's like 
director on Ben 10 now. So. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. No, I did not know. I'm, I'm sure he might have been on the other team. I think they had like two or three other directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could ask him about that. That's I heard it was a very tough schedule on 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 Cora, but I mean, I have all the art books and the boards are beautiful. <laughs> I know. So nice. Yeah. Yeah, I have the art books, and then also I bought it all on iTunes. And uh, if you buy it on iTunes, it comes with the animatics. So. Oh, does it really? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, and it was funny because actually I just took it off for a while, and I paid for it. And as soon as I noticed it was gone, I like emailed Apple and was like, I was like, give me back my Cora, and they were like, okay, and I was like, okay. Because <laughs> I don't yeah. I'm like the episodes are great; they're lovely to look at. But I I wanted those animatics so bad. I was like, this is yeah. Great. So so what I tell like people who want to get into this business is, are uh, is look at the top people who are doing the job that you want, whether it's storyboards, concept art, or character design, or design, or background painting. Look at their work, and then look at your own work, and ask yourself, what do you need to do to get your stuff to look like that? And if that's the kind of thinking that you have in your head, then then there's no reason why you won't get a job, you know, in animation. Uh, as long as you keep looking at at the at the top people and 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 trying to get get better, what you don't want to do is just do the status quo of what you might be able to get in. Because again, if you if if your if your stuff looks like the Cora, like storyboards, then when when myself or a producer or another director opens your portfolio. The first thing that they're going to ask themselves is why are you not working on a show right now? Right. And that's what you want them. You want your portfolio to look so spectacular that the first thing they're going to do is they, they want to call you and be like, we want to get you over here. And that's how you want to kind of, you know, approach trying to get into animation is like, you know, have a kick-ass portfolio and and have a, you know, uh, kind of the, the go-getter attitude of like, I don't know a lot, but I'm going to try to soak in as much as I can and learn from everybody around you. Because that's how I learn. I learned from everybody that I worked with. I, I would look at their boards. I'd, I'd show my boards. I'd see theirs. And we'd try to talk each other and, 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 and make it kind of a, a more of a environment where you're, you're growing and learning. Because that's how you're really going to learn and get better. Because, you know, like I said, when I first started, I didn't know anything about storyboarding. And I had to just teach myself and also just study and ask questions and that's the best thing you can do and and the thing that i've known uh, that i've kind of noticed is that 95% actually i'll say 99% of everybody i've met in animation are really nice and they and they're more than willing to kind of show you the ropes and kind of show you their tips and mm-hmm. and how to you know like you know do perspective or or like design or whatever because you know we're all artists and we love to talk about our our shop and 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 you're in the, once you're in that environment like learn as much as you can you know Talk to the background guys, talk to the character designers, talk to the other board artists, you know, and that's kind of how to get better and actually, you know, kind of do really well in the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, you know, humility is so important in in this business yeah. because there's always going to be somebody better than you, like, no matter who you are, um, you know, unless you're like Milk Call, but <laughs> then you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, like, I mean, if if you're going in with an attitude of, like, I'm the best and I can't learn anything, then you won't, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you just have to have an open mind. Same like with anything else, like, mm-hmm. just having an open mind is so vital. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, do you guys have any, la- I mean, those are some really wise words that you just spoke, um, but do you guys have any last closing thoughts that you want to share? Don't get into animation. No. 
<laughs> I have that tattooed on my arm. And yeah, it's going to work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or don't go into animation storyboarding. Maybe go into like background painting. I don't know. Oh man, so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the background painter's gonna be like, "Screw you, Will." <laughs> no, like, Claire's gonna attack you tomorrow, Will. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Rogers gonna be like, "What you say about color?" <laughs> Jojo. Jojo. Hey, uh, I'm thinking. I don't know. Like, uh, going back to just talking about clear drawings. Um, a game that I was introduced to playing in one of my storyboard classes was, uh, the, our teacher split us up into two groups and we like stood at opposite ends of the room and we each had to draw like something like a, a cat running or like someone feeling an emotion or like a character doing an action of some sort and we would have like he'd time us and for like a few seconds we had to like with a big fat sharpie like just like bust out uh, a drawing and we had to like stick it on the wall and like people on the up opposite end of the wall had to guess what uh -huh. you drew and you will know very fast how successful you are <laughs> if they can guess what if they they don't even have to guess if they can just see it, okay. uh, and that was a pretty fun game. Okay, cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of drawing games where it's like just you have to draw as fast as you can. Uh, we play a game called Telephone Pictionary where you get a group of friends, and for you, each person has like a stack of like we use like uh, index cards and. If there's six people, then your stack has six cards. If there's seven people, you have seven cards. So one one card in your stack, and everybody has the same amount of cards. So you start with, like, uh, the rain in Spain falls me. Like, you write something on the card and then pass it to the person next to you. And then you read what you're handed, and you have to draw it on the next piece of paper. And you kind of go, like, words, drawing, words, drawing, words, oh, drawing. It's kind, of, it's kind of the... The telephone part of it is like the drawings illustrating the phrases and words and it gets real convoluted <laughs> and maybe you're playing with somebody and English isn't their first language and it gets real interesting. Um, it's a really fun game and every, it's all, it's always, it's, it's like a great, like it's super fun to play with friends because it's silly. But it's also like forces you to draw fast and clear and simple. Yeah, that's cool. It's also a fun game to play with people who can't draw because then it's even funnier because people <laughs> don't know how to like write what they're drawing. Be good at anatomy and be clear <laughs> and play games. Had, wait, had you heard of that? Had either of you heard of that game before? No, I've never heard of that before. My friends never want to play Pictionary with me, so I never get invited to whenever they play Pictionary. I'm like, why not? It's not like... Yeah, but they, they think I, I have the unfair advantage. Well, I mean, you do, but... It's <laughs> yeah, <still I> fun, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, you should do Pictionary like with artists, but then they have to take a shot. 
in between rounds. Well, you know, I know if, if they're playing, for sure that's happening. Well, yeah. <laughs> I've been to your guys' parties. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right, anything else, or is that it? But did you want to say something, Jay? Uh, I was going to leave it to you. Any got anything? Words of wisdom, Will? Thing. Um, well, I guess kind of like what you were saying before about um, like doing doing quality art is working on your draftsmanship will also allow you a lot more freedom in your boarding, especially if you know how to do perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means that you can just put the camera anywhere you want. And the more comfortable you are with perspective, uh, the more freedom you have to move your camera around, to do more dramatic shots, to really be able to elicit um, feeling more. Uh, so I, you know, I would like drawing is such a vital component of storyboarding. Um, I know that if you can't draw or you have limited drawing ability, you're also going to be limited in your boards as well. Man, I, I don't know how to follow that up. Let me think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny that as you were saying that, I was self-reflecting in myself, thinking to myself, I need to get better at drawing. I, mean, you... <laughs> I think that just means you're an artist. <laughs> oh, that's actually also an important thing to cover uh, is... If you're a good artist, like you're probably pretty used to beating yourself up, and you know <laughs> it's it's just important to like not get too down on yourself because that can lead to more problems in your life. And, yeah, you know, it's just like art is is great, and it's the most important thing in my life. But like at the end of the day, like. You're making cartoons. It's supposed to be fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, the worst that can happen is that, you know, the the artwork ships late and, you know, and, and the show is delivered a little bit late. It's not like you don't ship something and somebody dies, you know? It's not like... Yeah. It, it, but sometimes production people will, will, will act like, you know, it's a life and death situation. You'll be like, hold on. <sighs> Like this isn't this isn't gonna air for a couple months. So what does it really matter that we just missed the day? You know, that's um, so sometimes it's really good to just look at perspective and and just you know I always tell people like you know uh, don't kill kill yourself on the shows. Like you of course you gotta sometimes do all nighters or just do whatever you need to do to get it done. But your health is always first because you know you gotta no one's gonna look out for you except for yourself. There was actually, I don't know if you remember this, Will, but there was an artist who died at Warner Brothers, I think, um, who was a board artist who his health was bad or something. I remember this was like years ago. I think it was back when they were still doing Quest for Camelot. And, 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 oh, and, man. And I remember like there was a story going around where like he, he, he had worked himself to death and like, and, uh, they went to go check on, check on him and, and he, he didn't go to the doctor. He kept saying, I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. And next, you know, like, there was no next week, and he actually had died. Jeez. And uh, and I was like, wow, that's that's, that's crazy, you know? Because again, these are just these are just shows. I mean, yeah. you know, it it airs, and it, and and people want like like they love it or they hate it, and then they watch the next episode. And and the last thing you want to do is like, you know, I don't want my last, you know, my last thing that I ever worked on where it says in memoriam Jay Oliva be like 
you know, an episode of RoboCop Alpha Commando or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where RoboCop's got a cappuccino maker and they're like, this was Jay's last thing that he did? Oh, so sad, you know? <laughs> the moral of the story is go out on a on a good show. Because... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope it wasn't working on... Which co- yeah, I, I was gonna say, which coincidentally enough is that I did actually work on RoboCop Alpha Commando. That was like the one of the first jobs I did after I left Spider Man in the '90s. So that's why I can't say that because I did work on it, <laughs> and I did have and I did have a scene where RoboCop had a cappuccino maker in his chest. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like really useful. Awfully specific. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the shows. Where I'm like, I don't know if we should have really have done this, but okay. I mean. Uh, I was a young board artist. I was happy to just have a job. So I was, it was cool. I worked with a lot of great guys on that show, but it was a really crazy premise. Like, I, I just, it was one of those ones where, like, okay, wait a minute. There's a Saturday morning cartoon. Have you seen Robocop? Robocop's like a rated R, like, hardcore science fiction. And, and they made, and they, they made it, you know, this is for kids and cappuccino makers. And oh God, it was bad. <laughs> kids drink all those cappuccinos. Yeah. I remember, I remember Robocop would have like rollerblades pop out of his feet. And cause rollerblades were, were big. At the I feel time. like I watched like, this. Yeah. And he would skate around on his rollerblades. And I, I thought it was the most ridiculous thing, but yeah, you probably saw it, Kate, when you were like, four. I probably did. Cause I have a very distinct memory of the roller skate thing. Yeah, she's like, oh, that's cool. RoboCop's on roller skates. <laughs> yeah, was this appealing to you, Katrin? <laughs> there were a lot of things that were appealing to me as a child. <laughs> and now. <laughs> Stop mocking my trash taste. Okay? <laughs> I just like fun things, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. That's true. You you like the fun things. Yeah, and that's the thing is that like with animation is like bring everything that you love into it. You know, like when I do my films or the, the sequences that I do, I I just look at the things that I grew up with that I love. You know, growing up with Japanese anime like Akira and Ghost in the Shell and 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 He Man when I was a kid and the Smurfs and GI Joe and Transformers. The stuff that I do now, it was it's things that like I always wanted to to see. You know, like I always wanted to see you know Batman do like a lot of martial arts. You know, and 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 that's and I put that in the in the stuff that I want to uh, that I do. And that's what you want to do is like you know everybody has different backgrounds and things that they love. And put it in there, you know, like, you know, if you love giant monsters, then when you do an episode with giant monsters and kaijus and stuff, then, you know, go to town and have fun with it. Uh, and that's really what animation is great because you, it, it's, there's so many things that you'll, 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 that you can end up doing, whether it's superhero genre, cartoony stuff, funny stuff, comedy, drama, musicals. It's all there and it allows you to kind of like play in this kind of playground that anything goes. And, and in that way, is, it's very freeing and also um, you learn a lot, you know, by, by doing it. And, and like I said, you bring, bring the things that you love. And that's, and that's really what I try to do. And I always tell people to do when they, when they do work in this, in this genre. Cool. Or medium. That's, yeah. Uh... I mean, like animation, you can do absolutely anything in animation. Mm-hmm. That's, it's like such a powerful medium. All right. Well, thanks, guys. I think that's a really good note to end on. Um, thank you so much for joining me for my first podcast of hosting. Yay! I did Yay. the thing. I did the podcast. I did the thing. So hopefully, I can do better for ones in the future. Um, so find out all the info on this podcast at overlyanimated.com. Support us via Patreon at patreon.com/slash/overlyanimated. 
And with that, um, we're going to sign off. Yeah.